Hey, Sean, 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 what's that on your shirt? It looks like you have a little stain. Boop. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> okay. Did you have any better stingers? I don't. I don't have anything better. <laughs> oh, well, that's the worst one by far. <laughs> Welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast. This is the podcast all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and even under the gaming table. I'm Alan Gerding, and with me, I have the... Give me a good one, Sean. Peanut to your butter? I've got the peanut to my butter, Sean McCoy with me. (laughs) Hey, hey, how's it going? It's going well, Sean. It's been a week since Origins. I feel pretty fully recovered. I don't know about you. I do. It's been a long week doing some Ennies judging stuff. I officiated a wedding. Not related. Not related. Totally unrelated. Yeah, it's not like you're a judge and officiating weddings. It's not part of your any judge responsibilities. So sorry, continue. (laughs) So sort of like hitting the ground running after Origins, but I feel like I've gotten a lot of that behind me and we can focus because... That gap between Origins and Gen Con, there's usually so much to do in that little one to two month period. We got to ramp back up into sort of a normal schedule. And it can be tempting to let con recovery last for weeks and weeks and weeks. But we don't have time for that. You got to take a few days off and then get back in the saddle. You got to eat the pasta and then do a mile run for the fans of Band of Brothers HBO reference. (laughs) That sounds like such a terrible idea. Have you seen Band of Brothers? I've seen some of it, but just eating pasta and running a mile sounds awful. Yeah, in fact, I don't think it was a mile. I think it was miles. Like, they had to go running after they... Anyway, it didn't end well. Everyone was throwing up pasta everywhere. (laughs) Hmm. Here's what I want to do today, Sean. I'm hoping we can knight someone. We definitely are behind on our email, so hopefully we can get a few emails out of the way. And I want to hear what secrets you can tell me about... Being an any judge. <laughs> Sean, you ready for the interrogation? All right, let's do it. You're strapped to the chair. Mm-hmm. It's a dark basement. Drippy walls. I'm wearing... Oh, what am I wearing? What should I be wearing during this interrogation? You're probably wearing like a scientist outfit with goggles and surgical gloves. Just surgical gloves and goggles or... <laughs> I was just wondering if it would be more torturous if I was naked. For me, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I'm like, hey, Sean, could you please just tell me where the microfilm is and then I'll put some clothes on. Anyway, here we go, Sean. Why is it called the Ennies? That's a great question. Oh, you tight-lipped son of a bitch. You're not going to cave, are you? <laughs> I got to look it up real quick. <laughs> How do you spell it? E-N-N-I-E? Yeah, I think it's for N-World RPG Worlds. N-World is a website about role-playing games. You think or it is? Did you look this up? It's on Wikipedia. That's what it's saying. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next question, Sean. Are you totally done with all of your judging responsibilities? Have you already picked a winner? I think I'm NDA'd on that part. Oh, You're a tough nut to crack, sir. This little segment we're doing is crashing and burning. (laughs) I can't get any information out of you. You've watched a lot of John Clancy books? Wait. Yep, John Clancy. (laughs) 
<laughs> You've watched guy. a lot of John Clancy books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. God damn it. Uh, all right. When you do make your final decisions, do you get to put them into a golden envelope? I think I'm NDA'd on that. Are you serious? You've been to any... Come on. You were there before. How do they reveal it? Is there an envelope that they There's pull an out? MC, and they read off the list of nominees, and then I think they do open an envelope and, and read off who the winner is. Oh, wow. I don't think it's gold. I was pretty far in the back. Nice. Last question, Sean. Mm-hmm. Last question. Mm-hmm. How's it been so far? Oh, it's been really good. Yeah. I've had a great time. It's... Uh, Awesome getting to go over everything and getting to see a scope of like the best and the brightest. What are some of the categories? So the big category is best product, but there's also best free game, because that means that even if you're a one man show, you can still get something submitted and nominated with like a free PDF that you put together, which I think is really cool. Best interior art, production design. Those are big ones because I'm a graphic designer and I love like bookmaking and high quality books. So those are always really fun ones to go over. But there's also, you know, best supplement, best adventure, best setting. It really does feel like the Oscars for the role-playing game world. I lied. That wasn't the last question. Here's the question, Sean. Who won? I won. (laughs) Okay, very good. (laughs) Obviously, I'm NDA'd on all that stuff. Well, we're just a nominating committee. So we put up nominees and then people get to vote on it themselves. Oh, that's right. That's totally how it works. I'm an idiot. So you don't have direct control. It's not like the Academy. So you have to go ahead and you just nominate and then people pick from there. Do you think next year you'll be a judge or are you not going to be a judge and submit mothership? I don't know if I'll be a judge yet. Definitely if I'm a judge, we can't submit anything. It would be cool to submit stuff. We're getting more into the role-playing game category and I think it's a great sort of organization, but I'm not sure. I guess we'll see how how it shakes out and what the community looks like. But it's a great opportunity. If you're interested in running and you want to see all the interesting products that are out there, it's almost like jury duty in the sense that it's a lot of work, but it's a big part of being a contributing member of the role-playing game community is getting in there and, and judging. So I think it's a good opportunity for anyone who's interested in it. Jury duty in that you are doing your civic duty and paying it forward because a lot of people think jury duty, oh God, this is awful. I'd rather get tased in the nuts. But you mean it in a very endearing way of jury duty. It's like the romantic ideal of you should take it seriously. It does help independent publishers and people getting their name out there and big publishers. Like it it just lets people know what was really good this year, which is good for the hobby. And so if you can, if you've got the time to do, I think it's a great way to contribute. Sean, interaction satisfaction, or should we go straight to the Nave Tonight submission? Let's do interaction satisfaction. Howdy. It's time for interaction satisfaction. Shoot us your emails, your comments, or your questions. We'll do our best to answer them. Sean, Sarah Bogdansky writes, Keep up the good work. I'm a fan of the show. I just haven't had the nerve yet to submit a Nave Tonight submission. I think that email is a little bizarre in my opinion, but thank you so much, Sarah. I like that you're working up your courage slowly, first with an email, then maybe with a... Nave tonight's submission, I guess that's the immediate next step. And then after that, uh, you can volunteer at the booth. And then after that, you can work for the company. I think that's the, uh, I think that's the general trend 
from emailing all the way up to running Tuesday night games. Then you could just buy us out. 20 bucks and a ride to the airport. Standing offer. (laughs) (laughs) Do another email. Okay. Another email. We actually know this individual. Eric Brammer is responding to our Anita Sarkeesian talk from two episodes ago. Said, I just listened to last week's podcast. I thought I might try to provide a different perspective on the Anita Sarkeesian controversy at Gen Con. And what he brings up, Sean, is Larry Correa, I believe is how you pronounce his name. C-O-R-R-E-I-A. Have you heard about Larry Correa and this whole thing? I think we talked about it a little bit, right? We did. This is a gentleman that was invited to Origins as a guest of honor, an author, and it turned out that Larry has garnered a fairly anti-liberal reputation. People tweeted against him being the guest of honor on Twitter, and so John Ward revoked the invitation. So Eric Brammer writes, after doing some homework, Gamma rescinded the invitation to Mr. Korea. This caused another backlash. The more conservative con-goers resented that Gamma would cow to the social media snowflakes in quotes has written eric i didn't know what the the term snowflake meant i recently had to look it up do you know what snowflake means i'm sure you do yeah (laughs) what's your definition of snowflake just somebody who's like incredibly fragile right um emotionally and so you say something and it triggers you is another thing they would say um and makes you freak out when you should just take it easy and shouldn't be so politically correct the ironic thing about this is like everybody's fragile about the stuff they care about. I'm really sensitive to people making fun of my dogs. Sure. So that would be me being a snowflake in your definition about dogs. The hard part is I think generally the people who tend to use that term a lot also tend to get set off about completely random nonsense things. They're being a snowflake about (laughs) the people being snowflakes. Right. The funny thing is, Sean, is that that is not the definition that I looked up according to Urban Dictionary. What did Urban Dictionary say? Urban Dictionary, snowflakes, is someone who really believes that they are unique, as in all snowflakes are different. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So you can go into how they're sensitive, so I can see how that works. And I honestly, when I first heard it, thought it was a racial slur towards white people. What's up, snowflake? (laughs) So let's go back. Eric Brammer says that conservative had a backlash to the uninvitation, and some of them even proceeded to issue death threats to Gamma staff and board members. Always a good move. Always a great move. Classy. Yep. That's Mm -hmm. go-to. You step on my foot, death threat. (laughs) Very persuasive. Yeah. (laughs) You may not have noticed, but there was additional paid security at Origins this year. I didn't notice that. Did you notice that? Uh, I noticed there was security during the pride parade, guys in suits with the little things in their ears, but I was out running around looking for change because I had lost the key to our cash box. (laughs) So like I was trying to get to a bank during origins and the pride parade and traffic was just locked down. But then I crossed on one of those skywalks and there was a guy up there with a suit, like looking around, making eye contact with everybody and doing the like, you're free to go kind of nod, which is like, I didn't know I wasn't. So did you think that was because of the Pride Parade, or do you think that was because of the death threats because of Larry Correa? I thought it was because of the Pride Parade. Death threats combined with a parade of any kind, I think, makes, yeah, we should have security here. We should have a guy on a skywalk. That doesn't seem insane. Getting back to Eric Brammer's email, Sean, you might be asking yourself, what does this have to do with Anita Sarkeesian? I am. All right. 
He writes, the reason I bring all that up is because Origins accidentally invited someone who is highly controversial to a family-oriented gaming convention, and they corrected their mistake. Gen Con seems to be deliberately courting that controversy by inviting a media critic as a guest of honor. Now, even though I agree much more with Sarkeesian than I do with Korea, some people go to conventions just as a fun vacation, not to challenge the status quo. If Gen Con wanted to promote inclusivity in tabletop gaming, there are several candidates within the tabletop gaming community they could have invited that would make more sense. So while I personally couldn't care less who Gen Con wants to honor, it seems naive to say that they aren't just inviting Anita Sarkeesian to be provocative. I agree that we need to make efforts to be inclusive. I'm never more proud of my hometown of Columbus than when Origins coincides with Pride Week. But I can also see the point that some people might resent politics encroaching on their playtime. Uh. I mean, there's a little bit more I'm leaving out. Not everyone who questions the link between feminism and board games is a misogynist. Not everyone who reads sci-fi shoot-em-up novels is a radical. Equality will come from games including women of people of color in their designs. It will come from people in the minority being allowed to carve a name for themselves within the community. I don't see it coming from the media, provocateurs, or publicity stunts. Again, that's just my perspective. I'm always open to other opinions. Smiley face. Thank you, Reich's Eric Brammer. First of all, thanks for writing in, Eric. Yeah. Thank you. That's Thank cool. You. And it was good seeing you at Origins, sir. All right. Now that that's all out of the way, <laughs> I think it's rough to label somebody a provocateur when they hold a controversial opinion as if that the whole point of their being was being controversial. Like, not everybody's Howard Stern, where, like, they're willfully trying to be controversial. Some people hold minority opinions that the majority doesn't like, and that's what makes them controversial. But it's not like controversiality for controversiality's sake. Like, being Martin Luther King doesn't make you a controversial figure. You're fighting for human rights. So I don't think controversy is a good metric to weigh people by personally. It's probably better to weigh their arguments or not and say like, well, they're right or they're wrong and their arguments have value and merit or they don't. And if they do, we should invite them. And if they don't, we shouldn't. We shouldn't invite people with bad arguments who aren't controversial and disinvite people with good things to say who are controversial. That seems like a ridiculous way to run any kind of society. What surprises me, Sean, is that we already talked about this when we talked about Anita Sarkeesian, because I asked you, do you think Gen Con is inviting Anita Sarkeesian just for the publicity? And your immediate answer right there and then was... Well, no, they've sold out. It's hard to get into Gen Con. They have 40, 50, 60,000 people going. I don't know that they need to court controversy. What about this, though, Sean? Have you thought of this? Maybe they're purposely doing it to call out the people they don't want going. Huh? Have you thought of that? Because they don't have a problem with people coming to Gen Con, but maybe they have a problem with the type of people that come to Gen Con. Sure. Hmm? Have you thought of that, Sean? Huh? They have a target and a non-target, right? I think I take issue with the idea of, like, some people want a place to go to not have to think about this stuff, which I would term a safe space, which a lot of people don't like that term because it gets linked back to snowflakes. But, like, if your idea is that you shouldn't be bombarded with political stuff wherever you go... I'm generally open to that. If you've been sexually assaulted or if you've been deported or if you've been mistreated by the police, right? Like if you've undergone some like real trauma, I'm generally open to you wanting a place to go to not have to deal with that. But if you just generally want to avoid things that other people believe that you don't believe, 
I, I don't I don't lose a lot of sleep over that because like I go tons of places where people don't believe what I believe and that can be hard and stressful but I don't think Gen Con has to be a place where like you never have to hear anything from the right or the left it should be a place where you can go and not fear for your physical safety or your emotional health but if people are like oh I wish I could watch a Star Wars movie and not have to worry about all the politics being thrown in my face it's like well you know there's people starving to death so that's not super high on my list of priorities that you feel okay during a Star Wars movie. I agree with you because I think here's the point you're trying to make. It's really frustrating for a lot of people to have to hear about these issues. Can't I just go to a show and have fun without having to worry about all this stressful confrontation? Ugh. But what a lot of people aren't realizing is that attitude originates from a place of privilege, a place where you don't have to worry about those things from day to day. Damn it, why does Lando Carissian have to be bisexual or pansexual? Ugh. Can't I just watch a Star Wars movie without having to worry about those other sexualities? Well, all these other people from those sexualities have to watch movies all the time where heterosexuality is in your freaking face, Blah, gratuitously. To the point where I get frustrated sometimes, like, do we really have to have sex in this movie? Well, if it's in the 80s, yes, if you have an action movie, there must be heterosexual sex in your face. So when talking about a game convention that is a family-friendly place where you don't have to worry about these political confrontations, you should take a moment to consider all of the individuals that almost never get the chance to do that. Because everywhere they go, they feel somehow disenfranchised, worried about being deported or sexually harassed or assaulted, or etc. So I'm with you there. As naive as this may seem, Eric, what you may be insinuating is that there is a meeting where someone says, I know, I know what we should do, guys. We should invite someone controversial of our own to piggyback off of the origins. And, oh, you know what? Let's invite Anita Sarkeesian, because if we do, then... A lot of people will get pissed off and won't come, and we don't want those people coming to our convention anyways. Now, did that conversation happen? Was there a meeting where people said that? I think, yeah, I, I think somebody probably said, let's invite her. And then somebody said, you know, a lot of people are going to hate that. And they said, yeah, fuck those people. Like, I think, yeah. I think that conversation <laughs> that sounds, probably happened. That sounds believable. Yeah, I think that exactly happened. Here's the difference, though. Here's my personal belief, and it could totally be wrong or it could totally be right. Saying Gen Con only invited Anita Sarkeesian for the controversy is incredibly dismissive of what value she brings to the tabletop community. She has done work with Betrayal at House on the Hill. She has fans. She has appeal. But I totally understand that they absolutely did know that she would be controversial. So there's a difference there. I don't think the one came before the other. I don't think they said, let's bring her because she's controversial. I think it was, let's bring this guest of honor. Wait, she's controversial. Yeah, we know that. The consequences of that are totally worth it. But I don't know. It could be the other way around. It's just hard for me to imagine that way. But maybe it is. 
I don't know. So you have a good point, Eric. It may be naive, and I am naive about it. I don't know which way it goes. My real point is, like, somebody had to make a judgment call on both these two cases, right? And I don't know if, like, John Ward made the right or wrong decision. Like, if he was just caving to public pressure. I know John. I don't know if that's what he did or not. Do you want to? You want me to read his official response on Facebook that he posted? Uh, sure. Too bad. Here it comes, Sean. I want to discuss our invitation to Larry Correa as our guest at Origins. By all counts, he's a very talented author. Unfortunately, when he was recommended, I was unaware of some personal views that are specifically unaligned with the philosophy of our show and the organization. I want to thank those of you that brought this error to our attention. Origins is an inclusive and family-friendly event. We focus on fun and gaming, not discourse and controversy. I felt it necessary to rescind his invitation to participate in the show. I apologize again to those of you that were looking forward to seeing him at Origins. John Ward, Executive Director, Origins Game Fair. So, like, in that case, like, I don't probably, I don't know if I like Larry Career or not. I haven't looked into him. But it sounds like the center of his argument was he just wanted to avoid controversy because Origins is like a family-friendly thing, which I don't know if I would agree with. I'm not in his shoes, but like, I don't know if that's necessarily a good reason to disinvite somebody. If he had said like, I looked into his beliefs and his beliefs are unaligned with the core values of origins, which he kind of gets close to saying, but then he throws controversy in there. Like, cool. Like it's your show. You run it. You guys have a thing. You decided that like, this doesn't align with that. That seems fine. He says specifically, I was unaware of some personal views that are specifically unaligned with the philosophy of our show and the organization. He uses the word specifically, Sean. But then he goes on to say, it's like the next sentence. What does he say? I want to thank those of you that brought this error to our attention. Origins is an inclusive and family-friendly event. We focus on fun and gaming, not discourse and controversy. So yeah, he compares fun and gaming as Origins values and discourse and controversy as not Origins values, right? Which, to me, makes the connection that the thing he didn't like was the controversy surrounding it. It leads me to believe that any controversial figure wouldn't be super welcome as a guest of honor at Origins specifically. Alright, so you, Sean, and Eric bring up a really good point, because now it seems too coincidental for John Ward of Origins to say, we don't want controversy, and then right after that, Gen Con says, we got Anita Sarkeesian, yo! Because I think you're right as far as you shouldn't necessarily avoid controversy just for the sake of controversy. You should just go ahead and invite individuals that have talent and perhaps let it lie where it is. It's a fine line. It's really difficult. But I think the one fear of the Gen Con Sarkeesian scaring people away is creating that echo chamber where only the people with whom you agree politically attend. I've got a lot of conservative friends that I see specifically at shows that I really am glad to see them and we talk about the differences yeah. in what we believe. Like, that's something I look forward to. Yeah, and it would kind of stink if it just became nothing but this echo chamber of everyone having the same beliefs outside of we're here for games. I can't imagine someone hating games going to Gen Con or Origins. Not to get too lofty with aspirations, but if we can find common ground, that's where actual conversation and change occurs and it would stink if we didn't have that opportunity somewhere along the line and perhaps that's where game conventions and dare i say podcasts come into play because it provides that common ground 
a platform which we can have these conversations that may actually evoke some change in one another. Yeah, yeah, how about that? All right, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to knighting someone. That's a good way to end the show, shall we? Well, we'll see, we'll see. Now, this is Mitchell. Mitchell wrote in a story about going to a bingo game at a church with his significant other and his significant other's grandmother. He was thinking, oh, great, bingo, this is going to be boring. And the only reason I'm telling you what this episode's about is because I showed it to my wife and she said, I couldn't understand what he was saying. I want to see if you can understand what Mitchell is saying and if this submission is worth knighting. Here we go. Quack. I hear everyone call out in some bizarre ritual. But all I'm listening for is a number. A single number. The wrong number is called and bingo is yelled out. Damn it. I mumble, hopefully not loud enough to be heard and judged by anyone besides my girlfriend next to me. I got dragged along the first week of our holiday to spend some time with my girlfriend's gran but who were also going to be sitting in a room full of elderly people listening to the numbers getting called out made me question if this was really the best use of our holiday time. It was engaging. It shouldn't have been. I like to think I have better taste than that. I like toon rooms in a boom, I trained Pokemon for competition, and insert another example of good taste here later. But I was sitting and staring at the sheet of paper with highlighter in hand while everyone else had specialized pens, marking off the numbers as they came up. I can only assume it's the dopamine that my brain is producing, waiting for each number. The fact that I might win back the ten dollars that cost me to enter can't hurt either. I didn't think I would like bingo. And if I lie to myself, I don't like bingo. I just like the chemicals it makes my brain produce. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I really like it. It's very poetic. Yeah, I I can't believe Crystal had a hard time understanding it. it. Did not was not difficult at all. I thought. Hey man, in her defense, she wasn't in the mood to hear it, and I didn't <laughs> preface it with this is a story about a dude going to bingo with his girlfriend's grandma. So I gave you that preview, so I had primed you, as we say in the psychology biz, to be able to understand what was going to happen. I feel bad, because right after you said, like, I'm giving you that context, I went, in my head, I went, what did he just say? Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a great story. And I think it gets to something that I'm learning about myself as I get older. First off, we should totally knight. Who's this? This is Sir... Mitchell, but I want to call him Sir Bingo. I think we should totally knight Sir Bingo. Absolutely. You want to get that out of the way right now, and then we can talk more about him? All right. Knave, approach we nobles and kneel. Allow us to honor thee. We, on behalf of all knaves, knights, and nobles alike, applaud thine heroic and knightly contribution to this, the Tuesday Night Podcastle. Allow us to dub thee Sir Bingo of the Tuesday Night Podcast. Now rise, 
Rise, Sir Bingo, as the newest knight of the Tuesday Night Gaming Table. Well, now that's out of the way. Congratulations, Sir Bingo. I wrote him back immediately and said, send more, please. I love that. Send as many as you can. Man, so good. Yeah, it just reminds me that, like, I love games and I love play. So if that's video games, board games, role-playing games, sports, it's very easy for me to get into any kind of game, particularly a game that, like, a lot of people like, like Bingo or Mahjong or Poker. There's games I'd rather play, but at the end of the day, I'd rather play than work. Yes! And he gets to something very clear there, which is like, he's saying he doesn't like bingo, but he likes the chemicals it produces in his brain. That's how play is for me. And I try to remind myself of that a lot of the time when, like, work at Tuesday Night Games is hard, is that, like, man... I love games. What was the game we played? The Haba game we played? Rhino Hero. Yeah, Rhino Hero. It's like a reverse Jenga. You guys have to build a tower and whoever knocks it down loses. Um, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sean, Sean, you are a hippopotamus jealous of Rhino Hero because the Rhino Hero is everyone's favorite superhero climbing all over the city. And you're going to explain Rhino Hero in one minute. Are you ready, sir? I'm going to explain it. Oh, yeah, this is you. I just indoctrinated you into this because you just tried to give me an elevator pitch without giving me an elevator pitch. Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, you're a hippo. Do you need time or are you ready? Hi, I'm a hippo. And I'm here to tell you about Rhino Hero. In Rhino Hero, you're each going to play a different superhero. You'll take turns drafting cards that allow you to put up different cardstock walls on a very tenuous and shaky board. Then you'll roll a die to move your hero up or down a certain number of levels, and if you land on the same level as another hero, you fight to see who can remain. Whoever's at the top gets a victory token, and whoever has the victory token, when the whole tower or part of it falls, is the winner. Remember, I am a hippo. I think that was probably my best elevator pitch yet. I think it was the worst, Sean. You want to know why? Why is that? You gave an elevator pitch for Rhino Hero. Super battle. Oh, there's a difference. That's true. But I did pitch the rules of super battle. You did. If you had said this is Rhino Hero super battle, then I'd give you credit. But you get no credit from me today, sir. Damn it. (laughs) Hmm. I had so much fun playing Rhino Hero because it was just something to do. Playing is better than pretty much any other shit that you're doing regularly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, even bingo. Well, cool. I think that's it for this episode, right? Sean, you don't want people to harass you, but if you want to follow and harass the show, you should do so where? At PlayTKG. On Twitter, that's right. And if you want to write in, you should email us via podcast at tuesdaynightgames.com and i think with that being said sean this episode is i am a hippo finished
Cool. Luca's not going to like your hippo impersonation. I loved it. <laughs> That's right. Ha, 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 ha.